Principle Matters Podcast, Episode 1. Hi, this is Will Parker, and I would like to welcome you to the first episode of Principle Matters. I've been blogging now for almost three years. And I enjoy listening to podcasts so much that I decided that I wanted to create a podcast of my blog. So for those of you that are listening to this first episode, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited about the opportunity to share with you today. Today's episode is about the first days of school. We're getting ready to begin our first days at my school. Currently, I'm the principal of Skytook High School, which is located just north of Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have approximately 780 students 9, 10, 11th, and 12th graders. I have 50 certified teachers and another 20 non-certified staff on my team. I want to ask you this question. What are the steps that you're taking right now to make sure that your students have the most successful year that they've ever had yet? With that in mind, I want to talk about three C's today that can serve any school community. C's are just the letter that I've chosen to create a little repetition because I want to talk about three things today. Communication, conversations, and culture. Now, I know those words are overused, and a lot of times educators can overuse terms, so just hang with me for just a moment. And I want to begin by asking you to imagine a couple of scenarios with me. Scenario one, Billy. Billy's a ninth grader, he's starting a new school, and his mother has dragged him through every store in town trying to find the new clothes that he's going to wear for the first day of school. When the big day comes, he wakes up early, he stares at the clock and wonders why in the world he woke up so much through the night. He barely touches his favorite breakfast that his mom has made, and he straps on his new backpack and he's ready to go. But before he heads out the door, his mom makes him pose for Facebook posts. He already has a schedule in his hand because he went to the orientation meeting the week before. When he walks into the school, he finds a table in the cafeteria and he takes out his phone. And He doesn't really have anything to look at, but playing Angry Birds is easier than sitting through an awkward waiting time. Soon the bell rings and Billy heads to his first period. Now This is where teaching strategy comes in. His teacher is there at the door saying, good morning. Her name is Mrs. Donovan. You'll find a seating chart on the smart board, she says. So Billy looks at the screen, and he sees his name is listed on the fourth desk in the second row. When he sits down, he finds a folder with his name already written on it. And when he opens it, he finds a class syllabus and a calendar. There's also a half-page questionnaire that he's going to fill out. And on the smart board above the seating chart, he reads, You are in room 123, Mrs. Donovan's Geography, first period. Welcome. Billy sighs with relief. The first five minutes of school are here, and he's already made it to the right place. He knows where he's supposed to be. He knows he's in the right place, and he knows what he should be doing. Okay, that's scenario one. Scenario two. Now imagine this. Jenny. Jenny's a returning student at her high school. She's going to be a junior. She didn't bother attending schedule pickups because her summer job had her working every weekday. And after... Working the entire break, she's been able to buy some new clothes for school, but she's feeling pretty overwhelmed because she knows that the start of school usually means more classroom supplies or maybe paying some fees that are hard for her to cover. 
and she's exhausted, and she's wondering how she'll have the energy to do her schoolwork and cover the store till closing. She sets an alarm on her phone that wakes her up early enough, but she's so tired she hits the snooze and oversleeps. Finally, her grandmother raps on the door before ten minutes before school and says, Jenny, Jenny, are you getting up? She gasps and, and jumps out of bed and puts her hair in a ponytail and throws on some clothes and she heads out the door. So when Jenny gets to school, she's missed breakfast. She's tardy. She stands in a line in the counseling office wondering uh, what to do uh, and when she sees a table marked schedules. And so she moves there and she finds hers. First hour, Mr. Samuels, room 125, Algebra 2. She doesn't recognize the name, so maybe he's one of the new teachers. Jenny heads down the hall. She's flush with frustration, but she holds her head up high, and she steps in and finds a seat that's still open in the back of the room, and everything seems surreal. She, she slowly begins to realize as she's listening that the teacher isn't talking at all about math. Instead, he's explaining research and novel reading, and so she begins glancing around the room looking for clues, but she can't see his name anywhere. She doesn't see a syllabus on any desk. Nothing is written on the board. And she doesn't have any idea what room number that she's really in because she's figured out it's not room 125. By this time, Jenny's so embarrassed, she's, she's not even going to ask where she is. And the teacher's so involved in his first day of school speech that he hasn't paused to ask her for her name or her schedule or given her any other leads. So she endures the discomfort for the remaining 45 minutes and then she rushes from the class down the hallway into a bathroom stall where she sits long enough to stop crying before she can gather herself and try to find her next period. If you've listened this far, you've already picked up on some cues about first day of school observations. So here are a few. In fact, I'm going to give you four. Number one, some students have lots of supports before they ever step into school. Billy, for instance, he may have been irritated by his mom's super involvement in his life, but he came to school with a lot of support, and it made his morning a lot easier. Number two, Billy's teacher made it easy for him to feel secure and oriented. Mrs. Donovan had gone out of her way to make sure that he knew where he was and what was expected of him. He could just as easily have been in a room with less structure like Jenny, but instead, he thrived even more because of the support that he found from his first-hour teacher. Number three, Jenny's coming to school already struggling from an overwhelming responsibility that she has of managing her life outside of school. She's already working independently. She doesn't have the kind of emotional and family support that would make it easy to start a school year. We all have kids like that. Number four, even though Jenny's made a big mistake in not going to pick up her schedule and then showing up at the wrong class. The problem is exacerbated when her teacher provides little or no direction for her on where she is. Her first day experience was going to be tough enough already, but the lack of follow through from her first hour teacher, who wasn't really even her first hour teacher, only added to an already difficult situation. You see, our school culture affects every experience that our students have, whether you have a student in your class who really is your own or whether you have someone that wanders in, the preparation that you make will determine the kind of first day experience that our students have. And the more prepared we are, the more unified we are around certain goals and common themes, 
the more possibility we have of making that first day experience the best it can be. So now I want to talk about the three C's. Every school year, I try to think through what are the specific goals that my school team can rally around to better serve our school community. And and this year, I sat down with my leadership team in the summer, and we began to brainstorm and discuss our specific strengths and our specific weaknesses. And as we did, we, we kept coming back to these three themes, these three strands, these three these three consistent ideas, and they were communication, conversations, and culture. So I'm just going to give you a brief summary of each and talk about how I think that these three things will make any school thrive. Number one, C, communication. Everyone loves good customer service. Every person in a school community wants to understand their role and their purpose while they're there. And whether that's providing a greeting at the door or a clear classroom syllabus or engaging introductions, students know immediately where they are in a class. And when they they know immediately whether they're in the right place or not, then they're ready to learn. I know this sounds so simple, but sometimes we miss the simple things. No matter what kind of background our students bring with them to school, we can create a new, consistent, firm, and friendly, and helpful one by being ready for them. Communication is so important, and customer service is built around that. And I know that's not a term we often use in school, but it is so important to communicate positive expectations, to reach out to people around us, whether that's parents, whether that's students, or whether that's one another. There's so much more I could say about that, but let me stop there. Number two, conversations. You know, professionals don't grow in our strategies and in our procedures and without stealing ideas from one another. And schools have spent a lot of time discussing how to organize data and test results over the past few years. But something magic happens when we begin sharing our how-to ideas on instruction. Our ideas on best practices come when we recognize and mimic the practices of the highly effective people around us. So look around. If school leaders and teachers want to grow in a way that they can serve their students, then we've got to share ideas as professionals. Because we're often isolated in our classrooms or our offices, we've got to make an effort to reach out to those around us and find out what's working. And when we begin these conversations, then we can begin to ask and listen to those who are modeling the kind of behaviors that we want to emulate. And students will benefit when we do so. So so have great conversations. Reach out this year to those around you and find out what works and then practice it. Last but not least, number three, culture. I thought about saying consistency with this point, but I'm a former English teacher and I remember Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote, consistency is the hobgoblin of feeble minds. So there's my little English geek quote for you. And to avoid being a hobgoblin, I'll just say that when team members can agree on shared practices and procedures and routines, and we can create a climate where those practices are done consistently, even though that word sometimes is ridiculed, we create a good culture. We create a unique culture. In other words, when an entire school is united around common expectations, common communications, good customer service, collaboration, consistent practices, then we create an environment where everyone feels safe to learn. I know this is common sense, 
But it's confirmed by research. Child psychologist Lou Sabina researched hundreds of examples of children in schools and homes to see common tendencies that promote healthy learning. And he discovered two consistent expectations that adults communicate to kids who feel secure. Number one, they communicate that the adult is in control. And number two, they communicate that the adult loves and cares for the child. Simple, but those two priorities build the perfect culture for growing healthy learners. And hopefully the culture that we create is one where students and community members feel welcome, they know who's in charge, and they understand that they're cared about. So here's our conclusion. As you begin your new school year, you're going to have a lot of Billies and Jennies in your building. You can't control their experiences outside of school. You can't. But you can play an enormous role in what kind of place that they find to learn in. So commit yourself to the three C's, communication, conversation, and culture, and serve others the way that you would want yourself to be served, the way you would want your own child to be served. Share your best ideas and practices with one another and consistently practice positive actions together. When you mix those three C's together, communication, conversations, and culture, you're going to find yourself serving a great experience of learning and growing and achievement for your kids. Thank you for doing what matters. Thanks for being a school leader, and I hope you have a great year. If you want more resources like this one that I just read to you and talked to you about, check out my website, www.williamdparker.com. 